Welcome to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me on this edition. And today I want to look at the rise in hatred or the inciting of hatred around the world that seems to be touching off perhaps more violence, more protests than we've seen in a little while. Now, this is something that comes and goes, rises and falls throughout social history, Uh, but let me take up this uh, this mass murder that happened in Nashville, Tennessee, on March 27th of this year. And now there have been a fair amount of anarchical events this year. There, about 600 is what we're looking at for the year 2023 of what I would call anarchical mass murdering in America. So it's, by the way, it's somewhat up from the 1930s, 1940s. 1930s, 1940s, you would have mass murder about one every other year. By the time you get to the 1970s, Bill, you get about three mass murders that get some degree of, you know, newspaper coverage uh, per year. So you have three per year in the 1970s, one every other year in the 1930s, three per year in the 1970s, and this year we're looking at about 600. So you're looking at a rise in anarchy here in America. Now, no surprise at all because we've been killing babies since 1973. So again, you know, murder seems to give birth to more murder. More murder. Anarchy and tyranny give birth to more anarchy and we become, tyranny. We that sort of thing callous to the, That's to true the carnage. Too. That's true too. Callous to the carnage. So apparently Stephen Crowder from Louder with Crowder released uh, some part of the manifesto from this particular mass murderer. Her name was Audrey Hale. and. The murderer, according to this manifesto that reportedly was released and uh, was somewhat, I guess, assigned to her, uh, she is especially incensed and uh, upset, and I would say angry, about what she calls white privilege and white people in general, quote unquote. Now, Stephen Crowder blames public schools for encouraging students to believe white people are inherently evil, that there is something of a racism that's being stirred up in American society and specifically within the schools today. Do you believe there is something of a social revolution, something of a hatred that's being stirred up in the name of wokeism, in the name of racism today? Yes. Uh, and you just have to track the language that's being used, the language that's being taught to students, the language that they are being in, encouraged and coerced into using. You see that with some of your students? I know you work with young people yes. who come out of the colleges. Yeah. Do they see that? I don't know that they see it, but they're affected by it. Okay. And, and many of these students are homeschool students. But even in that environment, they're still affected by the culture. By the zeitgeist, by the by the worldview that permeates, secularism is the water in which we fish swim. We inhale the the atmosphere around us. We swim in that water, and so you can't help but be affected to some degree. Now they may not be as affected as others, but we they still have trouble thinking biblically mm-hmm. about these issues. 
Um, we are trained in our culture to emote, not to not to think through issues, but just to react emotionally to issues. Uh, it's the way the the way the media comes at us. It's the way the culture comes at us, and so it, it does have that effect upon us. So, uh, because there's a lack of biblical literacy, there's a lack of the there, there there's not the ability to take an issue and filter it through God's word and and make sure that you understand the underlying principle. Now, biblical law most definitely assigns the death penalty for somebody like Audrey Hale that would commit murder with what the word of God calls lying in the weight and hate in the heart, which seems to me to be very much represented in this case. Yeah, now, we used to call that premeditated murder. Sure. And it used to be separate from just um, you know, an, an emotional outburst that resulted in right. murder. Forethought and yeah. malice, right? Forethought mm-hmm. and malice. And the way that uh, the word of God brings us out, the law of God brings us out in the book of Deuteronomy is that the murder is committed with uh, a lying in weight and hate in the heart. Right. Now that, obviously, that very much must require the death penalty. Um, in this case, uh, she was killed on the scene. So mm-hmm. that's not going to happen with her uh, in a court of law. But nevertheless, that would be the assigned penalty according to the just requirements of the laws of God. So that's number one. Number two, who's to blame? The individual or the system? Now, this is a question that I think psychologists, modern humanists, the leftists are constantly bringing forward. Now, Jesus said it's uh, what comes out of a man that defiles a man that is out of the heart of men. Proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, and murders. That's Mark 7, 20. So Jesus clearly finds the source of murder to be in the heart of the individual. Nevertheless, I want to throw this in as well. There does seem to be sometimes a systemic issue. That is, we think of the Pharisees who would traverse land and sea to to disciple, to make a convert, to, to make a convert who's you know twice as ready for hell as themselves. Right. So, so there is something of an influence that comes from systems. That is, educational academic systems that are encouraging individuals to forms of hate and perhaps even murder. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you think? I mean, who's responsible here? Both. Both are responsible. Mm-hmm. We 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 are inherently sinful, so we are accountable for our actions, and at the same time, we are influenced by the world around us. And if we, you know, if we think, what what are we to dwell on? We're to dwell on that which is good and and beautiful and pure and lovely and true. If we concentrate and think on those that are opposite we will end up in thinking only of death rather than life. And so the systems of the world mitigate against us seeking the good, mitigate against us seeking the the true and the beautiful. But our own nature does that as well. So that's why we have these different jurisdictions. That's why we have church to proclaim the gospel. That's why we have family to raise up godly seed. That's why we have government to restrain evil. And once those systems turn to, for lack of a better term, the dark side, 
you would expect the citizens would go that way as well. And so you'd expect to see an increase in in what we call crimes and what we call perverse actions and perverse uh, lifestyles. And that's what we saw here. So no surprise to you that uh, with the increase of sexual perversion, with the increase of the infanticide, of abortion, infanticide, we're, euthanasia, we're going to see more violence among the tribe of Benjamin in Judges chapter 19 and 20. Yeah. Um, only because a nation is abandoning God and bringing upon themselves sexual perversion and uh, high levels of infanticide and abortion. And I think it's interesting that uh, there's been a massive increase in mass shootings since the 1940s and 1950s when it would have been only about one every other year to the 1970s. We had uh, three mass shootings a year. Now you're upwards of 600 to 700 a year. Why is this? To blame it on guns? That's way, way too simplistic. (laughs) That's foolishness. Uh, I think it's obvious that there is an increase in uh, a, a callousness, as you said to the shedding of innocent blood. There's a massive callousness, even within the church, such that most churches aren't concerned about the use of the IUD and other forms of abortifacients that result in another 15 to 20 million dead babies each and every year. So it seems that there is a callousness towards this. There's also, I think, something of a demonic inspiration. You read these diaries, and this isn't the first diary, by the way. Think back to Columbine, Dylan and uh, Klebold and uh, Harris, Eric yeah. Harris, remember? And, uh, you know, there's nothing but demonic ramblings in these guys' writings. It's obviously demonic. Uh, there's a high degree of irrationality, hatred, insanity, just demonic elements operating these diaries. So I, I think that's a no-brainer. Okay. And I, I guess I would encourage you not to read too many of them. <laughs> so it's just like, do you really want to sit around reading demonic dribble? All right. No, I don't think so. As I mentioned, also sexual anarchy seems to give way to other forms of anarchy. And that's what we see in a number of these cases where we see sexual anarchists, you know, rushing into a gay bar and engaging in other levels of anarchy, as in the violation of the sixth commandment in the most unrestrained manner. Mm -hmm. So as people engage in sexual sin at the most unrestrained manner, Then the next thing they do is rush into a gay bar and engage in other forms of violence and anarchy. Um, This should not be anything of a surprise. The system itself, I think, does contribute to inciting hatred and to insanity, especially in the area of sexual anarchy. Think of Romans 1, where God gives them up to sexual perversion, but what happens next? It morphs into... A perversion of mind, right. a corrupted mind. They can't as well. think reasonably or logically, let alone think biblically. So they're they're given over. I was thinking of the same thing, the same passage. God gives them over. It's like you've ridden a horse. You know, if you give the horse his head, it means you you let up on the reins, and you let the horse go where he wants to go. And God will do that to people. Mm-hmm. He restrains us. His, right. his Holy Spirit restrains people, and and he uses institutions to restrain evil. But there comes a point when people are so headstrong that God says, okay, I'll let you have your head. You go where you want to go, 
and suffer the consequences of that, not just individually, but culturally as well. Also, a surprising number of these murders are committed by children who turned away from a Christian upbringing. Right. Audrey Hale would be one example. Uh Matthew Murray, a homeschooled kid out here in Colorado. Gideon Long, a homeschooled kid up in uh, Burlington, Colorado. Nehemiah Grigo in New Mexico. Jacob Stockdale from Ohio. I'm just giving you a couple of the examples I can remember having covered some of these stories over the last number of years. All homeschooled. I believe all Christian homeschooled. And they have become mass murderers themselves. It does appear that anger and control among parents can sometimes generate even more anger and control with the children. So never underestimate the power of anger and wrath to accomplish that which is evil. And here's what I would say just to end this segment, Bill. The human heart is a tinder for the fire of hatred. So just light the match. You follow me? So there you have a heart that's already a tinder mm-hmm. and, and ready for that stri- striking of the match. There's a fair amount of striking matches going on in the world today. Uh, wokeism is hatred, self-hatred, white hatred, racist hatred, far-fetched theories based on a terrible cocktail of stereotypes, class envy, historical revisionism, wrong views of human nature and the history of tribal warfare and migrations of people throughout history, wrong standards for morality and justice, victimization, Marxism and revolution, just more sparks to try to light up human hearts to anger, murder and revolution. And that's what we're seeing around the world today. Be back with more in just a moment on Generations. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we are back on the Generations broadcast. Kevin Swanson with you, Bill Jack as well, discussing the problem of hatred, anger in the hearts of men and women and the inciting of this hatred through institutions. And Bill, it does appear that racism and hatred is on the rise, and the target is increasingly Christians and Jews. Surprisingly, anti-Semitism as well seems to be somewhat on the rise today. Does that surprise you? Obviously, this stuff comes and goes, 
But here we are with an increase in racism and just general hatred against Christians and Jews this time. Both together seem to be something of an object of hatred and an object of demonic attack in various places around the world today. Well, you, could, you can expect that when darkness gets an upper hand, it's going to go after those who are the light. That there's the attempt to eradicate uh, anything to do with God. And, you know, I often tell students that we're discussing the issue of origins and, and the issue of the, the model of evolution. And evolution is not good science. It's not good philosophy of science, but it does one thing very well. It gets rid of the need for God. That's what they're doing. They're, they're going after and eliminating anyone who stands and says there is a creator because we want to be autonomous. We want to decide for ourselves. And so you would expect to see the extremism that you see in an Audrey, Audrey Hale. You would expect to see the extremism that you would find in, in mass shootings, that you, rest, you take off the restraints, and why not? What, what's the difference between helping the little old lady across the street and running her over with your Harley. Mm-hmm. One's a bit more challenging, perhaps, than the other. But what difference does it make if there is no God? As Dostoevsky said, you know, if there is no God, then whatever is, is. You know, yeah. you can do whatever you want to. And so the the war on on God is is evidenced through the war on his people. Yeah. And those who claim that there is a creator. And over the last 20 years, of course, and we've hit this a number of times as part of the worldview in five minutes, uh, the major killings and hatred is generated by the devil among Muslims and Hindus and to a lesser degree among communists today. But the target are Christians. Mm-hmm. Think about the 50,000 Christians killed by Muslims in Nigeria over the last seven years. I think it's something like 50,000 Christians been slaughtered probably the largest slaughter or genocide of a people by anybody in the world in the last 15 years. The hatred of Christians in Pakistan and India, inspired by radical Hindus and Muslims. Hundreds of deaths, imprisonments, destruction of homes. That's happening this year. We've had many stories on this. We've raised money to help those who have been disenfranchised and lost homes and stuff. Hundreds of Christians have been killed in the Congo and the Uganda by Again, Muslims. Muslims are the killers. 26 churches burned down in Pakistan, considered the most systematically violent country now towards Christians. The Arabs have ethnically cleansed uh, black Africans in Darfur, out, out in Sudan. So that sort of thing's been very strong among the Muslims. And anti-Semitism, as I said, on the rise. Now, it's interesting. I, I'm trying to understand why the anti-Semitism among the universities today, and I think it has something to do with their tie-in to the Muslims. Because there's so many liberals and leftists that have a love affair with the Islamic religion. Again, it doesn't seem to me, Bill, that they have a lot in common. You think about the average humanist and the average Muslim. The average Muslim is supposed to be in favor of the death penalty of homosexuality. They're generally opposed to abortion. Um, They're in favor of the abuse of women, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, and yet the leftists seem to be embracing the Muslim worldview, and uh, and if it's the Muslims against the Jews, it seems that many of these leftists are taking the position of the Muslims in this. Right? When, Is that interesting to you? Nine Eleven turned out to be the greatest piece of propaganda to promote Islam that the world has seen. 
because we've been over backwards after that, not to pass judgment just because somebody is a Muslim. We wouldn't want to lay the blame for what happened on 9-11 to, at the feet of, of, the, uh, of Islam. We, we, we were fond of saying, well, it was maybe they were Muslim, but they didn't represent Islam. No, they were consistent. They were being very consistent with what Islam teaches. And it was only those who were inconsistent who, who, would, who restrained themselves from that. And that's why worldviews matter. And so it is, it is a bit shocking to think that, that liberals would, or leftists would embrace Islam and stand against the Jews, knowing the history of the Holocaust, knowing what's happened, and yet because they, they come from the same root, both Islam and Marxism come from the same root, and it is it is man centered. It is we can we can solve the world's problems if we just have certain rules and, and pose them by tyrannical and, means. Yeah. Of course, you Islam means submission. You will submit, and you will submit. You know, you will be forced if you don't accept the socialist view. You will be forced to accept it. So it is a matter of control. Whereas there is grace and freedom and liberty in a Christian worldview. We recognize that there are those who are in authority, but ultimately God is in control. And so we serve a living God and we live by his rules and we provide grace and mercy to those around us. The stories are proliferating around the world right now. Hatred towards the Jews on the rise in Los Angeles, a man screaming, kill Jews, attempts to break into a family's home. In London, girls in a playground told they are stinking Jews and should stay off the slide. In China, posts likening Jews to parasites, vampires, or snakes proliferate on social media. Um, these are examples, incidents of anti-Semitism reported by Reuters Press. Um, quoting a 62-year-old Jew from London, this is the scariest time to be Jewish since World War II. We have had problems before, but things have never been this bad in my lifetime. Now, Bill, I, I, I want to address for a moment why the hatred. Now, of course, the number one reason for hatred is because the hearts of men are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Right. The, the hearts of men just gravitate towards anger and hatred and whatever is handy. Let's hate that today. I, honestly, I, I, sometimes I think it's as irrational as the fact that you have this walk and talk and hating machine just looking for some fodder, looking for some thing, some object to, hate, object to hate, and it happens to be the, the the handy thing to hate. So that's one explanation. I have five others. Um, the devil is behind a great deal of the hating business. Um, Jews also are sinners like the rest of us. Mm -hmm. They sin against people. And people will point out sins of the Jews or sins of white people or sins of the black people or sins of Hispanics or what have you. Of course, a lot of this is stereotyping and it's not always healthy to do that. In fact, it's never healthy to say because these people are like this and everybody is like this, that, uh, that is something we have to be very careful with. But, but the fact that Jews are sinners and Gentiles and you and I are sinners, right? Uh, that, oftentimes becomes something of irritation to others. I'm sure, you know, I'm an irritation to others. My sin becomes an irritation to others. It just is. 
Now, of course, it would be nice if I had an opportunity to apologize. (laughs) It's always nice, but, but that's one thing. Okay, here's another. Here's another explanation for hatred of the Jews. Sometimes there's a tit for tat involved, a bitterness over past offenses. Now, that happens on both sides. Right. Uh, Jews can be upset with Palestinians for what they've done. Palestinians can be upset with the Jews for what they've done in the past. So past sins and increasing levels of bitterness and lack of forgiveness offered to either party. Well, because by human nature, we tend not to be like Jesus who said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We tend not to have that kind of perspective. So there's a lot of tit for tat and a growing bitterness over past offenses that that plays into uh, ethnic hatred. Uh, fourthly, and, and, and you mentioned this off air, the Jews share a heritage with Christians. And that may also be, I, I said that Christians and Jews appear to be something of a target right. in the present age. Do you agree with me that there is some, maybe a playing off of one to the other, yeah. uh, guilt by association perhaps, or something yeah. like that? And again, it's because they, they both recognize or may tip their hat that there is a creator, that there is somebody else who's in authority. And that is, that makes the, the wicked of the world gnash their teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just a tip of the hat, mm-hmm. you know, they still don't appreciate that. They don't appreciate that. Mm-hmm. They don't, they, you know, why? Because we want to be our own God. We want to be our own creators. We have dis- we have determined we, we can decide what sex we are. We can determine, you know, who lives, who dies. And so any reference to a creator who is supreme is going to be an offense to the human who rejects that. And apparently this hatred is pretty deeply embedded in the Muslim religion. Christian Science Monitor had an opinion piece on this, came out a few years ago. And I, I'll read from this. I, some of the, somewhat shocked to me, Bill. I wasn't aware of some of this. Egypt's newly elected president, Mohamed Morsi, was caught on tape about three years ago urging his followers to nurse our children and our grandchildren on hatred hmm. for Jews and Zionists. Wow. Not long after the then leader of the Muslim Brotherhood described the Zionists as bloodsuckers who attacked the Palestinians, warmongers, and descendants of apes and pigs. Okay. So, and that's the president of Egypt. These remarks disgusting, but they're neither shocking nor new. As a child growing up in a Muslim family, I constantly heard my mother, other relatives, and neighbors wish for the death of Jews who were considered our darkest enemy. Now, this is a Muslim, or at least an ex-Muslim that's writing this. Our religious tutors and preachers in our mosque set aside extra time to pray for the destruction of Jews. Also said there was a well-known television program. A three-year-old uh, is uh, being interviewed. The presenter turns to the three-year-old. This is a three-year-old child. And the presenter says, do you like Jews? The three-year-old says, no. Why don't you like them? Jews are apes and pigs. Who said this? Our God. And then, uh, where did he say this? In the Quran. The presenter responds approvingly. No parents could wish for Allah to give them a more believing girl than she. May Allah bless her, her father, and mother. Now, he says, that wasn't some hidden camera. That was actually broadcast on a prominent program called the Muslim Woman Magazine. Wow. Broadcast on a popular Saudi-owned satellite channel. So, in other words, this is sort of the warp and the woof. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Doesn't make sense in some sense, but it, it does, I guess, in the sense that it's tied into the Muslim religion. 
And uh, he points out the 2011 Pew survey found that in Turkey, just 4% of those surveyed held a very favorable or somewhat favorable view of Jews. Indonesia is 10%, Pakistan 2%, and so forth. So he doesn't actually have any solution to the problem. <laughs> His hard quads thinking, is there a solution to this? And as you know, Bill, the only solution to any of this hatred that occurs in society today, in this sort of proud comparison of one particular race to another race is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's to realize that we're all sinners. Right. We are all hell-deserving sinners. And but for the mercy of God, but for the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for us, we would all be in hell. Right. And I think, you know, we all need to seek God's mercy. But what what does all this mean to us, Bill? God calls us to love our enemies, to love our neighbor as ourself to love our brothers in the church as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. We are to hate sin. So it should be something of a hatred for sin, but hey, we're to love our enemies. We're to love our neighbors. We're to love the guy who's on the side of the road that's been accosted by, you know, whoever, and uh, bind up his wounds and take him to the hospital as the Good Samaritan did. We are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And yes, we're to hate sin, the deeds of the Nicolaitans, okay, the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Um, But first and foremost, we're to hate our own sin. We're to hate our sin. There's something to hate, yes. We're we're to be opposed, set against sinfulness. And and 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says we're to destroy arguments. Yeah, bad ideas. Bad ideas. Mm -hmm. But the other side says we're to destroy people. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in Scripture does it say we're to destroy people. Mm-hmm. We we are to destroy bad ideas because bad ideas kill people. And so we destroy those bad ideas. We expose the bad ideas to the light in hopes that they will repent and they will come to a saving knowledge. The other side says, no, we're going to destroy the people because we hate them. Mm-hmm. And that the people are the problem. And no, people the people the aren't the problem. The right. problem is sin. The problem is me. And, and, <laughs> and, yeah, we have found the enemy, yeah. and it is us. Um, and, and that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Paul ends that section in Romans 3 by saying, hey, Jew, Gentile, we all have the same problem. Mm-hmm. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. Jew, Gentile, either way. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no just flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And then we read that uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's the message that we take to the world. Do nations have a responsibility to defend their borders? Yes, they do. But what are we to do as individuals? Love our neighbor. Do good to those despitefully use us. Love our enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use us. And of course, love the brother. Because, hey, we're to love as Jesus loved. Well, friends, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. 